going on, everybody? Welcome to Free and Flowing, hosted by Mr. Dwayne Atkins. Uh, rotating third, Freddie Serrano is back this week as the co-host. I'm Clay Davis, your other co-host. Today, we're going to be talking about music and how it has influenced politics and social culture. So today, we have a special guest today, someone who is a great friend of mine. I'm very excited about having him on the pod, Mr. Terrence Holloway. We're going to get in, introducing him later, but I'm very excited for you all to get to hear from him and get to know him. All right, Dwayne, kicking it off to you if you want to talk a little bit about last week and uh, where we're at this week. Thank you, Clay. So last week, we broke down the inauguration. We talked about some points, um, some interesting points about the inauguration. Apparently, I was the only person that saw it all the way through. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, um, yeah, we talked about, you know, Biden's cabinet. We talked about um, some of the next steps with his administration. Um, I think... Overall, a lot of people are optimistic, which is which is good. Um, it's just good to have a, a, a different uh, a change in the um, administration, the White House. So, uh, with that being said, I did forget a point. I forgot to shout out um, Amanda Amanda Goldman. She was the uh, Gorman. I'm sorry, was the inaugural poet, and she had a poem called "The Hill We Climb." It was an amazing poem. Um, some of the lyrics I want to point out is um, she said, uh, one day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea where we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We learned that quiet isn't always peace. And so going back to what Clay was saying in this podcast, we want to just shout out some lyrics and songs that kind of introduce social change and have actually rocked the political climate. These won't be all the songs in the world, but just some of the songs that um, I was able to kind of shout out or like resonate with. So um, with that being said, I'm gonna take it back over to you, Clay. Yeah, man, very excited about this week. Um, everything going on. I know that we actually talked about something last week that I need to retract. I got myself in a little bit of trouble, gentlemen, uh, a little bit of a statement that I need to go back on. I know we were talking about, did America fail? We're talking about Joe Biden's quote in his inauguration where he said, America has never failed. I was humbly informed by a good friend of mine that he actually said, when America works together, we have never failed. So a little bit of a misquote there. We apologize for that. Very, or I apologize rather for that and that misquote. Um, we're excited for the future under the new administration. Freddie, man, how's the week been for you? Um, it's been a week. It's been a week. First week back in school. Um, Enjoying it, uh, not enjoying the conditions under which we all, for those who are in school, have to experience. Um, it is a pandemic, uh, and we're we're making it happen, or we're trying to make it happen. You know, it's all about survival at this point. Best we can, man. Best we can. All right, so we're just going to transition into this week's topic, talking about how the music we are fans of has influenced politics, public policy, and social culture. You know, music has been a big part of our lives. And when you look deeper into that music, into the theme and the lyrics, you see the purpose and the influence these lyrics have. Music has been used to tell stories of struggle and triumph, frustration and endurance, resistance and redemption. This episode, we will try to reflect on some of those anthems that have a political message. But first, before we get into that, I want to introduce our special guest for this episode, Dwayne Freddy. This this next person we have coming on the pod is a good friend of mine. He's one of my best friends. He is 
Um, someone I went to undergrad with at Barton College, located in good old Wilson, North Carolina. He's one of the most inspiring leaders I have had the pleasure to call my friend, Mr. Terrence Holloway, one of the best music minds I know um, in my immediate friend group too. Terrence, welcome to the pod. Man, I just I just want to start off by saying thank you so much, Clay, for that very great introduction. There were a few things that I would have loved to be included in there. Uh, one of them would have been uh, the friend that helped Clay learn rhythm or just learning how to dance, period. Um, or, you know, just, you know, the one friend that truly knows how to get Clay's party started uh, is something that I would have also accepted as well. Uh, if you guys are listening, just know that if you are anywhere with Clay, just put anything to baby on and then you're fine. You you are pretty much ready for a good Clay show at that point. Bro, anytime. So. <laughs> but thank you guys. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you. I appreciate it for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so jumping right into it, tell, tell us uh, a, a little bit about your like musical background. So um what, what is your story with music yeah uh I mean just like anyone else like I mean I I feel like I eat breathe sleep music I can't do a lot of things without it um you know you realize that I barely can take a shower without having being able to like listen to music during it um but also I think just for me I just love how much music can just change a mood it can change a time it can change a feeling in that person um, it's something that you always want to, you know, pull yourself or just kind of lose yourself in, whether you're in a bad mood or a good mood and how much those things, how music can just really affect those moods. And then, you know, how much music is just poetry at the end of the day. So whether you're listening to, you know, uh, you know, some scissor, you know, some Sizzle. real love song kind of, some real love song kind of stuff, or you're listening to heavy young Dolph you know, cooking it and bagging it up somewhere. It's still coming from, it's still coming from a place of poetry, you know, something that even Maya Angelou could just, you know, really <laughs> write to, I guess. So it's beautiful at the end of the day. That's dope. Um, I will say, um, I've definitely like, went out to a lot of J. Cole lately, um, just random sidebar. No, that's awesome though, that's awesome. I, I definitely feel that. Um, Shout out to SZA. Yeah, I definitely was listening. What was the album she had with the one with all the computers behind her? Like the Control. Bro- it's, it's Control. control. Yeah, exactly. don't, don't worry, my brother. I got you. I, I love that album. That. I yeah, love that album. Yeah, that album. Yeah, that album goes hard. It's on, so, it's on my list. It's on my list for tonight. So um, starting off with the list, and we'll go kind of go back and forth. And I think I'm going to jump in between themes. And um, so this is this is where I'm at. My first song, just coming off the gate, I'm going with Kendrick Lamar. And all right, okay. um, I think with that song, he's he's telling a message to black people, people of color, like we're gonna be all right, um, despite the current climate we're in and some of the social just like mishap and just the misfortune that people of color have been through. Like we're gonna be all right. Um, so I think that song kind of resonated. It's not as it's not as powerful, but Kendrick Lamar definitely is li- definitely lyrical. Um, um, so that that's why I met with that song. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know how we want to do that with do this with order when it comes to just going down. But honestly, I, I feel like I use a cheat code, but um, literally anything I saw the list, but honestly, anything off to Pimple Butterfly, you can choose and I'm going to be extremely happy with. Mm-hmm. Um, to Pimple Butterfly is one of the most beautiful pieces of art just because he uses not just like hip hop rap, but he also goes 
and dives deep into like a lot of funk music as well with the guitar mm -hmm. riffs, pianos, which is great. Um, I would talk about Triple um, X off of Damn as well. Uh, was something that is featuring YouTube, so you know, bringing in some of that as well, which is pretty great. But I would say my one of my favorite songs off of To Pimp a Butterfly is actually You um, off of To Pimp a Butterfly. Um, and that song is great just because it's talking about uh, it's talking about the success of making it out of the hood or just out of a bad situation. And then how basically how like your friends and your, a lot of your relationships change. He talks about a little bit of alcoholism in that. He also talks a little bit about uh, mental health as well. So I think it's just overall just a beautiful song. Just to be able to tie all of those powerful statements into one uh, track right there. So it's great. That's, that's awesome. I think mental health, going back to, you know, what Freddie was saying earlier, is, is it's very important. And I think sometimes we get in a rhythm and then there's some things that kind of, they kind of like shake at our mental health. So that's, that's definitely a good point. Um, yeah. 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 I would say like, for me, like mental health, uh, that's something that I've always gotten relief from with music. And that's the type of music that's really influenced me in my life. Um, an artist by the name of Abstract, a lot of his stuff have, has really touched my life. Um, his song Radio talks about how it's not cool to blend in. It's cool to stick out and do things your own way and not really do what society tells you. And that's something that inspired me as someone who wants to be a lawyer and wants to fight for the fight for others and advocate for them. So that type of stuff really resonates with me. With Freddie, Freddie, what are some of the things that music has really like looked to you or people in your your community and your culture that you believe resonates with you? Uh, yeah, so for everyone in the podcast and the audience, uh, I actually listen to very few songs in English. Uh, but most of the stuff I listen to is in Spanish, um, particularly um, in the sub subgenre of uh, corridos, which is um, music uh, that originated in Mexico. Um, it's very popular both Mexico and here in the United States with Mexican Americans. Um, and a lot of that music is more so the, you know, not so nice, uh, you know, uh, drug trafficking, all that, like very heavy topics, kind of like stuff like that. Um, but of course, you also have other subgenres that are more romantic and uplifting. And a big part of um, Mexican music, particularly uh, with corridos and other styles of music from that region, is um, the story of how I got here. You know, the hardworking immigrant that comes to the United States and is already disadvantaged um, because of political, social dynamics that won't. Um, allow them to, for example, uh, receive citizenship, but nonetheless, uh, they try to make it for their families. And they, the, the genre kind of speaks to a lot of um, kind of socioeconomic and political issues. Uh, so as far as speaking to me, growing up in a first-generation Mexican immigrant household, um, I can relate to certain things, but I also won't, I'll, I'll be the first to say that uh, in certain aspects of my life, I've been very privileged. Both my parents are U.S. citizens. Uh, all my family, um, all my brothers are U.S. citizens. Um, and even though some, we have struggled, um, at the end of the day, um, we do have certain privileges that we can't take for granted. That's awesome, man. Thank you, Freddie, for um, for you know bringing that up and 
and talking about some of your um your cultural aspects and stuff. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into one another song. It may kind of go to the left a little bit. Um, I got a song by Jay Z featuring Jay Electronica. Again, another one that kind of goes back to the theme of um with Kendra Lamar and, and talking about um some of the uh, racial issues black people are going through is um, the song is We Made It. Um, and it's, it's just interesting to have a song by Jay-Z called We Made It. I think Jay-Z has made it. He's a, a, mil- a billionaire, I believe by now, so. Oh yeah, yeah. put that B, put that B, put that B then for sure. Right, if, if he had made it, I think um, nobody has made it. But uh, one of the lyrics Jay-Z, um, that he has is he says he hop off hop off the slave ship, pop off my chain and took it to Jacob. I got it gold plated, walked in that bitch like we made it. I own my own masters. I know it ain't missing no royalty statements. I can't be rated. Damn hoes stunting on these haters, stunting on them haters. And so obviously if you know about the transatlantic slave trade. And so He's saying when he when he came off the slave ship, he took his change and he transformed that bondage, and now he changed it into wealth. And he's talking about owning his own masters. I think that's kind of a play on word, you know, like slave masters. But he 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 actually owns his own masters to his music. And so I think he's like poking at it as far as with artists and stuff like that, as far as like owning your own masters and your own um, production of your of songs. And so. I think he he has a, a very um, clever way of putting that, saying that, you know, there was a struggle, but I've overcome that struggle. What you got, Terrence? I mean, that's, I mean, that's, first of all, when I saw that on the list, I, I lost it. I mean, honestly, there's a few songs that's on this list right now where I was just like, I cannot wait to get to them. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's obviously just a play on words, but it's talking about the owning my own masters. Um, of course, in the music industry, a lot of the times when it comes to the artists, um, a lot of the songs that they make, don't, they truly don't own the rights to them. Um, it's really just their record label or you know whoever they're really working with that own a lot of the lyrics and things like that. Um, so just Jay-Z just talking about you know um, all of that stuff and how he's been able to work hard and all those different things to be able to own things like that is great. I think also just the play off of, you know, to continue with Jay-Z, I think Jay-Z's 444 what, is, is an album just full of gems, you know, you know, yeah. take the negative side of the gems, of course, you know, we know the reason why the album's made, but, you know, he has, you know, he has lyrics in a lot of the songs where he's talking about, um, He's talking about, you know, the money phone is, is something that we don't do anymore. And there's no need that, you know, to start showing those type of things off. And what he's just talking about is how popular and not just, you know, African-American culture, but just culture in general, where uh, just being flashy with your wealth and feeling like you need to, you know, hold a stack of money up to your phone and post it on Instagram or something like that. He's just like those type, he's like, those type of things don't matter. People don't really care about them. What are you investing in? He talks about how he's taking, you know, paintings and how it's going to be nothing but a generational wealth at the end of the day. So it's not, it's not him just eating anymore. It's set of him, like his grandkids, his grandkids, grandkids, you know, those, you know, something that's being able to go really far. Um, But to kind of get off of that, I kind of wanted to do a throwback too, because I did see some, um, and I wanted to do a throwback, a little salt and pepper. Okay. A a little salt and pepper action, you know, so I wanted to do, let's talk about sex. 
salt, okay. salt and pepper. Um, so, you know, yeah, so that track is actually just all about, you know, um, like, you know, it's, it's fun, but, you know, it's also just talking about safe sex. And that was also around the time of the pandemic of AIDS, okay. um, HIV. Um, it's talking about just making sure that, you know, whatever you're doing out there, you're being safe, um, especially with that being high, you know, like those, um, I think those statistics were pretty high in the African-American culture uh, during those times as well. So just making sure that you're able to, you know, talk talk about sex and be playful about it, and you know, and it's adult content, but also preaching, you know, the safety of it. You know, we see all the time in in TV shows and in movies. You know, you know, things kind of get started, and you you don't really see someone grab a condom. You know, that's not sexy. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, grab no no one. I want to I want to hear anyone say grabbing a, a condom is a sexy move. You know, because there's no sexy way to do it. Um, but I think, you know, it's just cool that they were able to, like, talk about things like that and also preach the safety of it. So, yeah. Damn. Are, are we competing right now? Or like? I mean, I mean, we can go <laughs> back to back. We can, we can go back to back. I saw the list, you oh, know. But, no, I'll just, I, I no, I'm joking, man. No, that's, yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. No, that's yeah. dope. That's dope. Um, Clay, what you got? We, yeah, what you got? Man, I'm just, I'm learning, man. I'm really, I'm enjoying it, learning about uh, music that I might not have heard before, music that I haven't listened to in a while, man. So I'm just, I'm just enjoying the conversation. I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. I learned about his music uh, early on. And so, like, I was there in the, the Blueprint album. That's when I started listening to him. So that was big. Uh, yeah, man. I um, One of the songs that popped out on me was was Tupac. I know, like, he was someone that I listened to a lot growing up and just listening to how Tupac would talk about politics or not even politics, but just culture in general was always something that I found to be very interesting, interesting, because that was the first time that I actually heard in, like, the age I was that I heard about some of those issues being brought up in music. So what, what about what about you, Dwayne? When you when you heard when did you first hear about Tupac's music? Um, I'm not going to lie. I heard about Tupac when he was kind of at his at his plateau. Like Tupac was one of the reasons why I was throwing up the West Side sign, and I was definitely from the East Coast. And I was like, just because <laughs> of Tupac, I was like, shit, I'm gonna throw up a W too. Like I had even never been to the West Coast, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, shit, I'm like, that was a part. Oh. Of it. it was it was branded so well, but after his you know after his passing i go back to his catalog and i'm like yo he had a song called brenda's got a baby and you know he's talking about um some of the some of the things you know with teen pregnancy and stuff like that and you know i'm a product of teen preg you know teen pregnancy and so how that was i think that was an epidemic in our in our country you know i'm i'm a little older probably a lot of people on this on this panel right now but you know, I grew up in a climate where there were a lot of um, absent fathers and stuff. So you got, you have women that are making decisions, informed decisions about, you know, rep their reproductive lives and they don't have all the resources. They don't have all the components. They don't have all the support. And so for him to come out and make a song about that as a, as a male, to make a song from, uh, from um, telling a female story, I thought it was, I was very profound. I was like, wow, you know, um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think that issue is like never going away, but it was just, you know, out of all the songs you can make, you know, being a, a you know, a rapper um, to have such a conscious song um, that, that resonated with me. So. Can we, can we also just talk about how, I think how beautiful it is, how a lot of like female artists, it's just like, 
embracing being a like a woman in the industry and just like embracing just their sexuality overall i think that's just like just amazing just holistically how a lot of it was just more shunned or like they're just kind of expected to either dress sexy or make provocative songs but like they're able to do that still but still put it their own way i just think that that's just something where a lot of female artists are able to do that and they're just like they're able to own it like yeah this is what I do, but I do it. I make the choice. I make the decision. I make the calls. Yeah. Um, I think that just being able to, you know, destigmatize a lot of that, I guess, um, and, and saying, you know, you're only making this hypersexualized music um, just for this set attention. And a lot of them are just really talking about like, no, because sex is important and I like to have sex as an individual and as a woman. So I'm going to talk about what I enjoy, but also I'm going to talk about how I do it my own way because a lot of, you know, a lot of things when it comes to sex, it's, it's more male patriarchy when it comes to it. So it's more male focused or more played to the male's ego, I guess. And I, I definitely would say like, you know, industry artists are able to take that back and, and take ownership of that as well. So. No, that's awesome. That's, that's a dope perspective. Um, and so, you know, you go back to some of the earlier female rappers, you know, you talk, you know, you're talking about, you know, salt and pepper. They, you know, they definitely had sex appeal, but it wasn't, you know, all about being sexualized and stuff like that. Yeah. So you have female rappers that are more sexualized, like your little Kims and your Nicki Minaj's. It's like, well, why can't I be sexualized? Why, why is it okay? You know, why can't I, you know, talk about and sex it, and stuff? Yeah, like and I think it's definitely, yeah, I think it's definitely, it's like, well, the industry is trying to make me be this hyper sexy person. They're they're trying to sell it themselves. And it's just like, I'm taking ownership of my sexualization and like how sexy I want to feel. And then also, I mean, you know, throwing it back to older female artists. I mean, I listen to X Factor almost twice a day. Like Laura Hill's X Factor is one of the most oh, beautiful pieces of music that can ever be heard in existence. Um, Clay, don't worry, I'm gonna send you the link. <laughs> Freddie, I already know that you are. Lauren Hill's S Factor is one of the most beautiful pieces of art ever made. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter where you are and what mood you're in, you throw that in, you are instantly in that mood and, and feeling of love songs and, and things like that. And I just think that's just also beautiful. Like being able to make music like that is just, it's super insane to me, for sure. Oh yeah, and shout I, out to the queen. That, that is like my favorite artist like but like when i say if i meet her i'm going to fanboy so hard like yeah so fucking hard like you have no, i love I, she's not on my list but no disrespect to mcqueen but i you know she i just she didn't make my list but she definitely has songs that you know definitely x factor is a good, you know good example of like her way to write about mm -hmm. love and stuff like that um very very and this she'll also this she'll also spit some bars for you you know it's like she'll come back and give you a, a smooth 16 or something and just kind of set you right with it so it's a, it's a really good mix absolutely absolutely have you heard of her unplugged album no oh oh really homework. homework that's some homework really yeah please now it's not like when she she took a spin with this album and she um, wasn't focused on like heavy production. It was, it's an unplugged album from the MTV series with um, LL Cool J and Nirvana, some of those artists. And yeah. she took away some of the high, the high production and she just was raw. And like some of her singing and stuff is, you know, off key and stuff, but she just poured out so much emotion 
in that album. Um, it's 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 not well known. A lot of people don't know about the Unplugged album, but that's that's yeah, that one goes hard too. Now that's some some political song. Now she's throwing some gems in that song. She oh, is. oh, she is for sure. In that album, uh, so check that. Yeah, check, check that out. Um, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did want to plug this one in my list while we were talking about uh, female artists, female rappers, and sexualization. TLC waterfalls. Um, just that, that video and stuff like that. I'm being a young kid. And what they did is they they kind of tuned in my head where it was like, if you're gonna have sex, you need to use a condom. So I was like, oh, sex condom, sex condom. But it helped people as far as their their sexual health. Like, okay, you need to um, you know protect yourself. So going back to you know we were talking about with uh, you know with uh, Song Pepper, so I had to plug that TLC song in there. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Freddie, Freddie, please, Freddie, please give me what Freddie. What do you got, Freddie? I gotta know. I gotta know. Bust some lyrics out for me. <laughs> you know, there, there. No it, it's funny because you know there are certain there, there are a few songs here that uh um I would like to talk about, but uh I don't know what what do you got, Terrence? What do I have? Oh man, you're gonna make me dig back into the the, the list. Well, I we talked about it before we start recording. It was just kind of really just short, like real quick. Um, but I also have I have Scissor Control um, on my list of songs, um, I try to make sure that I wanted to give like a good balance of like male and female artists. Um, so I wanted to go scissor control. Um, and the reason why I just purely endure this album is because scissor straight off the gate, very first song was just like, yeah, I was fucking your man while you was out of town. <laughs> like, but so what, you know? And I was just like, man, this is how we start in the song. Um, and I know I'm I'm saying that being funny and everything, it is pretty crazy to like start an album off that way, but it really just goes back to um, what I was talking about, how um, women were just really taking ownership of like who they were with their music and, and their sexuality and their preferences and things like that. And I'm going to be brief because I have had this conversation about this album so many times, but SZA's Control album is one of the most beautiful pieces of art for the simple fact from the very first song to the last song, it just talks about her journey and comfortability and like being a woman and like understanding how much she has, like she's messed up and how much she, like a lot of her mess ups are like viewed under a really big microscope just because she is a woman, um, especially like an African-American woman as well. So, I mean, she has the very first song leading off just talking about the toxicity of, of relationships and talking about how both men and women mess up. Um, and then she ends the song with 20 something where she's just talking about how in my twenties, you know, you are just made to just make a lot of mistakes in your life and it's okay to do those things, but you just realize at the end of the day that these things that you're getting through or going through um, are things that's gonna really help shape you in your twenties. So she just calls it 20 something. Um, and then she also just has a bunch of a few like interludes here and there, kind of transitional tracks as well, where um, there's one where she's talking about her mom, her mom's kind of talking to her and she's just like, her mom is basically just like, if, yo, if you don't say something or stand up for yourself, they're going to talk about you. They're going to do all this other stuff to you. But, you know, just keep being who you are and you don't have to, you know, be that person that they are claiming that you are on all those things. So, I mean, honestly, one of the most beautiful albums in the world. Definitely listen to it. It's great. 
She also, okay, last thing too, also, since this is a podcast full of males, this has to be stated. Um, she literally has a song. Let me let me pull up the, the song as well. So I just I just make sure that I have to just talk about this right now. Uh, the third song of this album is called Doves in the Wind. Fellas, let's talk about this song. Doves in the Wind has the hook in that song is says, real niggas do not deserve pussy. And if I tell you right now, if that's not one of the strongest things that a, a female artist or anyone can ever say to lead off as a hook, it's true. It's real. And it's just basically talking about how, you know, we're all guys. We have all probably played a bunch of games when it comes to courting a female. And how we always talk about how we're different and how we're better and all these other things. And she's talking about how we keep running as like females. We keep running into these these real these real niggas, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, we are still finding ourselves hurt as women. And it's, I think I take the song more as just like protecting, you know, my virtue, her virtue, I won't say my virtue, but her virtue and, and, and kind of just finding, you know, her true self and, and understanding that, you know, there's a lot of people who may come and go or guys who may come and go, but just being able to protect yourself and being real with yourself and understanding like, you know what love really means to you is just it's just great it's it's just great and any song that any song that's going to talk shit about men i'm kind of here for it wow kind of here for it i think yeah men we we can get bashed that's fine <laughs> we need it we need it sometimes so we need it sometimes for sure quick sidebar on that sidebar on that album there's one song that kind of resonated with me um it's called pretty pretty birds featuring isaiah isaiah rashad he got a oh. dope album. I forgot the name of the album. Uh, Sons Tyrant? Is it Sons Tyrant? No, it's one of the older, it's like an older, I don't think it's like a mixtape, but the album is a brown album. The cover is brown. Oh, are you talking about, don't worry, my brother. Oh, <laughs> don't yeah. worry. Um, are you talking about, are you talking about Sylvia Demo? I think that's it. I think that's it. So on this song, um, it's called Pretty Little Birds. And I think mm-hmm. she talks about, to me, what I got from is the innocence of, of women and the perseverance of women. She says, pretty little bird, pretty little bird. You've hit the window a few times. You pretty little bird, pretty little bird. You still ain't scared of no heights. When the spiral down feels so good as the flight. When you hating, when hating you feels good for the night. When the morning comes, I hope you're still mine. Bruh, I was like, yo. Yo, that visual, that imagery of the bird hitting the window. Do you know? I mean, you know how birds they hit the window because they yeah. thinking it's free air. They thinking they're going to somewhere they can pursue and they can't. But she's saying you hit the uh, you hit the window a few times, but you still ain't scared of no height. I was like, bruh. I was like, bruh. But anyway, that the album got gems. Dope. The album, the album has gems. I mean, I didn't even get oh, to love galore. I mean, I didn't even get to Love Galore. I mean, Love Galore is literally about a toxic relationship. It's right. that's that's all it is. And Love Galore is it's a song talking about a toxic relationship and how much um, how toxic it is, but how much you still care for that person. And I still want to give all of myself to you, but you make me feel so crazy while doing so. And that's why the visual so for for the song is so crazy. If you've seen the music video, it's uh, it's the scene where uh, basically like Travis Scott is the male is playing the male role in, in the uh, in it. I mean, he there's a the part to the very end where he's like chained up to a bed and he's about to get like hacked up into pieces kind of. 
and it's basically just talking about how like love can just bring you like to such a dark and crazy place and how like toxic it can be and how I want to give so much of myself into you but you also don't treat me the greatest I mean it's gems just gems scissor scissor she had her bag and she dug deep into that bag for that yeah, one I mean that, it's just great it's phenomenal so going back to um, a political topic, I got a couple of songs that hit this topic. One of the first songs is N.W.A. Fuck the Police and um, Ice T with Cop Killer. Okay. I remember, I remember hearing those songs and being younger, and I was like, "Oh shit, you can say that." I was like, "Oh shit, you can really say that, and you can like make a song that has that in there." But what I had to understand is like they were talking about their perspectives when it comes to the relationship with you know minorities and law enforcement and how there is there was a culture of of, of you know police there was a culture of police brutality um, you know you see you know so you know Rodney King LAPD NYPD and all these corrupt you know New Orleans Police Department so them coming out and making this song i was like oh shit like you know are we do we have some power you know in this situation so those are some songs i had that just shot off my list and kind of segue into another topic you know talking about um just law enforcement and the relationships with people of color that was on the list. So. Yeah, that, that Ronnie King, I know, happened in 1991. Uh, that wasn't far off, right? When NWA released that song, was it? No, no, it wasn't too far off from that. Um, but so I grew up in a rural community. So my interactions with the police were very, you know, few and in between. And so they kind of opened up a, a visual of like what it was on the west coast and not saying that i didn't later on as a you know an adult have some interaction with police that weren't pleasant i was like oh shit this is going on like in los angeles right now and like in, in the inner city environment like wow that's this is crazy so um i know those songs and i, and I watched a movie and they were saying like how they weren't able to the nwa wasn't able to perform some of the songs like the police would be there for security and they're like oh if you perform the song we're not going to you know, secure the environment or you can't, you know, you can't perform the song. So that goes into like, you know, freedom of speech and, you know, First Amendment and, you know, how much can we say? You look at YG's song, Fuck Donald Trump. Like, can you say fuck Donald Trump? I mean, you can say fuck Donald Trump, but can you really say that? And I was like, damn, YG, that, that goes hard. I was like, you know, fuck Donald Trump. And then when you see FDT, you're like, oh, that's what that means. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting for me, like, seeing when that song first came out with YG, that just the time that it came out, it was almost like that was a time where politics became very, very personal with music. It was now a time where you see a lot of releases where that was a major topic. And I think, what do we th how, how do you think that was for the music industry, though, in your opinion? Do you think that was something that was cool? I thought it was cool. Um, I've also heard that maybe politics is better left outside of music, but I disagree with that. I think it was cool. What, what do you think, Dwayne and Terrence and Freddie? Well, I'm going to let Freddie jump in on that one. Yeah. Um, since the beginning of time, music has been political. It is actually a tool. It is an instrument um, to voice our political views, our political opinions, and to kind of uh, shake up the establishment. Uh, and I think FDT was very 
uh, very appropriate for the time. In fact, it still is appropriate in my opinion. Uh, but again, my biases aside, uh, I thought it was uh, a very powerful political message. Uh, while I was listening to FDT, uh, you kind of realized that uh, the music was really speaking to how, you know, certain groups felt alienated and attacked by the campaign, then the administration, and now the former administration. Um, and I, I think, you know, I enjoyed it, but I also saw the political value that it had. That's, that's, a, that's an awesome point. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, you know, First Amendment right, it's a way to speak out. It's just, it was genius. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, politics is, oh, dude, I'm, no, Clay, go ahead, bro. Yeah, man, all I was going to uh, talk about a little bit was the, just the legal side of it. Um, what's great about that is I know that only the government can take away, can, or cannot take away your right, right? And so they can't prevent your right to free speech in certain situations, in most situations, right? And so that's what's so beautiful, I think, about music being able to tackle those topics and to hear that in the time that 2016 on, man, I, I just feel like we had so many great songs that directly hit on the political topics, on the social issues. I know for me, I'm a huge J. Cole fan. I love J. Cole's music and just hearing the way that he talks about culture and his, people in his community that he believes um, that where change needs to be and where things in the world just are from his perspective. I love hearing it. Terrence, you were saying something. I want to make, make sure you're able to pick back up on that. Yeah, man. No, it's like, like I said, I didn't want to step on your toes. I mean, this is your pod and everything, but um, no. Yeah. So, I mean, from public enemy to, to yeah. uncle Luke and the boys, you know, just being able to, <laughs> to do anything. I mean, uncle Luke is the reason that there's a parental advisory on albums, you know, That's like, yeah, like for real. I mean, uh, Uncle Luke and the Freak Nasty. Like, I mean, his music was just deemed too hypersexualized for it to be, you know, to be listened to in in the states. Uh, but I mean, from Public Enemy on, you're you're getting a lot of artists just talking about, you know, the way music is going and how you know politics is is being played or being brought into music and things like that. And it's one of those things that's always going to be hand in hand. I mean. You know what? We now have Obama year by year dropping a list of his favorite songs per year. You know, like those things like that is something that people look forward to. Um, so it's just one of those things that's always going to be hand in hand. And it's one of those things that uh, people who have a voice, they're going to want to express whatever views that they want to share with the world, whether it's political or not. And so, I mean, if you're if it's done, if it's done tastefully, and what I mean tastefully is definitely not a, a right or right or left kind of thing. I think it's more of just like if your your message is truly making sense and it and what you feel is powerful, you know, it's it's gonna continue to be done um, kind of throughout. I mean, J. Cole's song Neighbors is literally about moving into a gated community and how the cops got called on him for living in this gated community because they saw a bunch of like, you know, really nice cars and they thought they he was selling dope in this neighborhood. You know, so um, it's those different things, you know, that kind of just happen, really. And then you have people, like, you have, you know, really strong female artists, like Rhapsody, you know, like uh, No Name Gypsy, you know, that's talking about a lot of powerful things as well when it comes to, you know, uh, being, you know, a female woman, like, like oh, in, in the industry as well. So 
and how kind of they are just silenced for not just being black, but just being a woman overall and kind of making sure that they're able to find their voice in it. Uh, so yeah, you know, politics is always going to be here. It's going to always be a topic of conversation for people. And I think music is doing a good job of bringing its way into it that allow a lot of people to uh, gain even a stronger voice in the industry. So. Yeah, and, and on that point, I think you pretty much summed it up. <laughs> um, I'm, so I definitely want to play one more song that I had. It's an old, old, old school song. So, I, I mean, I didn't hear the song when it first came out, but I definitely heard it um, when I was uh, in my teenage years. And so it was a Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and a message. Um, this is in the beginning of, you know, the rap era. And so before rap songs were like party songs and, they, you know, they talked about the party and it was like a spinoff from the disco and stuff. And, and the MC uh, was mostly talking about the DJ because the DJ controlled the party and the, you know, the party atmosphere. So with rap, you have this group, um, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and they talk about the song, The Message. And they actually talk about how, you know, there's a party scene in New York, but also there's some urban decay in New York. There's some, there's some uh, poverty issues. There's some, some things going on with New York. And so you think about New York in the 70s, it was almost taken over by the government um, because of the uh, economic decline in New York. And so they kind of paint a picture, you know, bro broken glass everywhere, um, people pissing in the alley, they just don't care. And so it's like, they were like, you know, we could talk about the party, but let's talk about what's really actually going on in New York. You got the, the Bronx burning down. So I think, you know, obviously we touched on a, a bunch of different things. And so these songs, they definitely have messages. And so, um, you know, what's the message in the song um, as it relates to, you know, public issues, politics, um, the uh, culture, the climate, the climate of the culture and stuff. So um, just plugging that in. And so uh, I think with that being said, we might have, have we reached time? Claire's our timekeeper. So we're, um, <laughs> we, um, um, we're going to transition, but Terrence, we definitely thank you for blessing the podcast. Um, you had some heat. You had some heat, man. <laughs> hey, hey, man, Dwayne, if you ever, if you ever want to chop up music, man, you know, please. Absolutely, get my, man. Get my contact information from Clay. And yeah, I'll, we will, man. Happy. We will chop it up, yeah. I'll be happy to do so. Definitely to chop it up. Uh, and definitely a, a shout out to Freddie. This is the third time. I think third time is a charm. So, um, third. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for blessing you know, the podcast every time and giving your perspective um, you know, from your culture and your community is awesome. It's always appreciated. Um, with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Clay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dwayne. Terrence, man. Great to have you on. Uh, just for the listeners, uh, look forward potentially to a part two. I know we want to do this again. So yeah. maybe look forward to something down the line. We got to check Mr. Holloway's schedule, but uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, get it Clay, back. yeah. Yeah. Podcast listeners. Clay's going to have to start paying me for this. Um, just <laughs> we'll put him in the budget. Put him in the budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put, him in, <laughs> put me in the budget. Um, also, I'm gonna just know I'm gonna need an assistant too, so put that in the budget. Too. Oh, bro, you didn't know, I yeah. like, dude. I come with that, man. It comes the budget, and I'm on assistant duties. I'm there, okay. bro. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> I need I need fresh spring water in my trailer. <laughs> spring water. All right. Fresh. Well, Adding it to the budget. Um, for our listeners, just want to give you all a quick little update on us, free and flowing. Mr. Dwayne Atkins, uh, we talked last week 
for social media coming soon. Dwayne and I are working on that. Uh, contact info, if anybody wants to contact us, we'll include that in the pod description. Um, be on the lookout for that if you want to email us or anything like that. Dwayne, I'm going to toss it over to you to take us out. I know Terrence, I'm excited to hear what uh what you've come up with for us for your closing. So Dwayne, you first. Yes, in free and flowing tradition, the guest comes up with the closing line. So we got Black excellence, keep it free and flowing. So with okay. that, we're going to take it out. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for Terrence, Freddie, Clay. We out, man.